I'm Molly Wood, author and star of CNET's Buzz Report. And I'm Tom Merritt, just a guy. <laughs> That's the last time I'm going to say that because I annoyed even myself. <laughs> Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, CNET's podcast of indeterminate length. And uh, we got some scuttlebutt about the Sony PS3 to lead off with today. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so backward compatible after all. I know. Or is it? Or is it dun dun dun? So let's let's start at the beginning. Yes. Sony PS3's big advantage was that hey, it's going to be backward compatible. You can play all your old PS2 games, so it's got this huge library. But then we have this article from Digital World Tokyo mm-hmm. saying that maybe it's not going to be quite so backward compatible, at least not with everything. Right. Well, and the the issue seems to be actually a technical one. Like they're having a technical glitch. Sony released a special edition PlayStation Two to kind of boost holiday sales in Japan. And that model has been having trouble playing legacy games. And so it's led a a Sony spokesperson in Tokyo to get fired by saying, no, Mm. I mean, to say that (laughs) there are a couple things wrong. They haven't quite figured out the new chipset thing. And that that raises the possibility that the PlayStation 3 may not be 100% backward compatible. So we came into the studio believing that. And then our producer, Veronica said, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, then Veronica was all like, no. Everything is just settled down. I, I think it's going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. I really can't see why they wouldn't fix it to make, you know, most of the games backward. Well, right. You know. Well, but you is just, most, I can't but say that thing. 100% are going to be fine. And neither can but. our fired Tokyo spokesperson. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's going to be fine. The question, I guess, is whether like 90% is good enough. I mean, I think it probably is. You know, there's going to be those people who there's there's always the the five people out there who can't do the one thing with their special thing that's super right. hard to do, and they're the only ones who want to do it, and then they're really mad, and you feel bad, but at some point, but you the have to bloom move is on. the bloom is off the rose a little bit because I mean the Xbox no. 360 is mostly backwards compatible. Yes, the big advantage to PS3 was not that it is the only one, but that it was going to be fully backwards compatible. Mm. So Wait. now it's. If even if there's some doubt, it kind of puts it in the same class. Like, well, Xbox is mostly backwards compatible anyway, so right, you know. exactly. And then it makes it just like I don't know, a little bit lamer. And we even there's a comment on uh, CNET's own site from Uber Fildo saying, <laughs> "What? <laughs> yeah, that's his name. Don't worry about it." Hey, uh, saying that the Nintendo Revolution not only has a built-in GameCube complete with four controller ports and two memory card slots, but can also download games for the previous three Nintendo systems. Ooh. Ka-ching! Veronica Likey. <laughs> so all of a sudden, the revolution, which was like the long-forgotten stepchild in the next generation cool. <laughs> console, sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have to go sell my GameCube, but I've, keep the games. I know. I think... Could this be? Well, that's what I was going to do with the with So the email PS2. us if you'd like to buy my GameCube. No. I was going to sell it. <laughs> I was going to sell it, keep all my games, play uh-huh. it on the PS3. I know. Oh. To help finance the PS3. Well, yeah. Exactly. That's the whole deal. Because it's uh, not cheap. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. You're, you're probably right, Veronica. It'll probably come out fine. And it will be, you know, 92% backwards compatible. But it is kind of interesting to see news that is not like, oh my God, the PS3 is not to be the best thing ever. And it's kind of interesting to see anybody out there being like, dude, Nintendo Revolution's worth Well, if you recall, I, I mean, people were saying that the GameCube was going to kill Nintendo. Yeah. And people were saying that the Xbox was going to fall flat. Yep. None of that happened. I mean, there's arguments still about whether the Xbox or the PlayStation 3 are actually the leader mm-hmm. in the marketplace. Depends on who you talk to. And GameCube is definitely behind a little bit, but it's... It yeah. hasn't killed Nintendo. It's doing just fine. Yeah, definitely. There's room for everyone, I guess. Maybe. Well, it's the crazy analysts who think that the revolution will be 
along, uh, an afterthought in the next generation console they market. This, yeah, they said the same thing about the GameCube. Yeah. What did they know, really? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> analysts, media, analysts, analysts, people who work for media, media websites. People can't who, believe them. People who give their opinion about news. And, that's silly. <laughs> All right, so, something I saw on Slashdot. Uh, in an interview with IGN, Microsoft's corporate vice president, chief architect Jay Allard, <laughs> said he wants to work with competitors on the Xbox 360. I don't even understand this. He's saying anybody in my company who thought this was a bad idea to plug in Sony or Apple devices into the Xbox, I ended that conversation pretty quickly. <laughs> That's a direct quote. <laughs> he laid it down the This law. is the right thing to do for consumers. What? And my question is, who are you and what have you done with Microsoft? <laughs> this quote just goes on and on, too. We're going to be open here, guys. So you're talking, you're telling me. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, that's, paroxysms I'm sure of that's just how he sounds. You're telling me they're going to let you plug your iPod into the Xbox 360? It's a super smart Shut idea. up. They should do that. I know. It's quite surprising to hear it voiced by an actual official of Microsoft. But yeah, do Uh, it. uh, Wow. I already like the Xbox. This would just make me like it even more. I know. This is is exciting. How is Microsoft getting less and less evil every day? I don't know. We mentioned this like last week and it's really becoming true. I mean, there's like a whole good... (laughs) <laughs> the good, not evil Microsoft watch. Now, hold on. Mm. I will wait to see if mm. Vista ends up being <laughs> They've got that in their corner That's still. true. Well, but, we're not leaping to any judgments, but boy, the signs lately have really been pointing to a kinder, gentler, more open Microsoft. And then the fist behind the glove. <laughs> <laughs> They're just luring us. Yeah. Luring us. The knife know, behind the cape. And if anything, <laughs> this Jay Allard stuff is fantastic. You must go to Slashdot and read. They've got the whole quote here because it's just so astonishing. And if anything, I wish we could be more cooperative with the other companies that are doing those things. So well, it's either a trap and if or... Sony And if Sony or Apple were to call me up and say, hey, we want some special things with the 360, I'm on it. What? This, this just sounds like, you know, so all they have to do is just come on inside the building. Oh, we'll talk to them. No, it's just it's it's like Twilight Zone. He's a total mole. He's totally yeah. fired as well. No, you is. know what? No, I'm just kidding. It could be that they're just getting mellow, and they're just like, know. you know what? We we're tired of getting beaten up. We don't want to become an embedded systems company. Yeah, and you know, this is yes. the way. To, this is the way to play. I mean, they've no. got they had the uh, the new licenses that they released for the Windows Code mm-hmm. that actually met mostly the standards of the open source community. Right. Shocking. And now this. Support for open documents, open file formats in, in Office 12. Yep. Backend support for all the Red Hat server stuff. Well, and actually and actually tech support, right? For yeah. people who are running uh, Windows and Server. tech support. Windows, Windows <laughs> Server along with <laughs> actual tech support. Yeah, but tech support for people running open source server software alongside Windows Server. Well, keep, the, keep an eye on this. Keep an eye on this. Disturbing It is quite disturbing. Uh, let's go to something else disturbing. The BitTorrent user that has been accused and actually convicted mm-hmm. of movie internet piracy mm-hmm. for using BitTorrent as using the BitTorrent file sharing well, software. Yes. Let's be clear, though. It's not like he was just some user who was downloading movies right. and they went out and found him. He no, was no. an uploader. He was sharing. That's So true. he was actually distributing films. But this is the first time BitTorrent has been implicated in one of these cases rather than a P2P. Right. Uh, yeah, that's true. So and, so, and the thing is, everybody who uses BitTorrent is a sharer. Now, granted, this guy was doing it, you know, he made a, a pretty good uh, business out of it. Yeah. But if you're using BitTorrent to download something, you are sharing it back up. Right. That is the whole point. Right. So 
I mean, this does set a precedent of like, hey, if, if I'm downloading an illegal movie on BitTorrent, I am also sharing it. Am I open to get squashed? Mm-hmm. It is interesting. He was uh, released on bail, 5000 Hong Kong dollars. That's about 641 U.S., pending a sentencing hearing scheduled for the 7th of November. So we'll keep an eye on this. As usual, it's a sticky wicket. Or as I have been known to say in the past when I didn't know any better, a sticky whip it. <laughs> because you're not such a cricket fan. Because <laughs> I'm not all. such a cricket fan. But, you know, that it's illegal. All right. Do we have time for the 20-inch laptops? I think so. 20-inch laptops? 20-inch laptops. A new IDC report points to the possibility of 20-inch laptops in the near future. Which To which I say, what in the heck would you do with that? Chiropractors of the world rejoice. <laughs> 20-inch laptops coming. As do bag makers. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I first saw the 17-inch Apple PowerBook, I carried it around a review unit for a couple of weeks, and I crashed that thing into everything. <laughs> I ran it into the BART turnstiles. I hit the door with it. I ran into people. I mean, it's just too big. I went for the... You four- don't walk around with that. I went for the 15-inch screen. Big mistake. Really? A 15-inch mistake. It's great <laughs> for using, but... it. It's, it's hard to portable. carry around. I know. I mean, and that's, for me, the point of a laptop. Now, yeah. I understand the desktop replacement deal. It's like, I'm just going to use it at home and, you know, be able to carry it from room to room or whatever. You know, I kind of don't understand I, that. I, now, that, now with, network, the, with networks the way they are, and the fact that you could really just set up, like, a couple hundred dollar terminal PCs throughout your house that, that get all the content off your network attached storage, why, why are you spending multi-thousands of dollars on a desktop replacement? Because then you, That's you, the can't, trend move, I want you can't move a terminal from room to room. Yeah, who cares? And then you, people Why don't you who buy want, a small portable laptop to move from room to room? Because then you don't have the big screen. And if you're only moving it from room to room, you don't have to compromise. Yeah, on but that. if you're a big TV, screen and hook up the laptop to the big screen. Then you have to hook up the laptop every time. And you have to have a screen in every room that you want to use it. Yeah, but for the cost of a big old desktop replacement, you could probably buy a little computer put in every room. No, <laughs> that is not true. You cannot, and If you have like four rooms you want to use it in, for okay. The, for the so for two thousand dollars, you can buy four sure. computers and monitors and keyboards. Oh well, the monitors and keyboards are the. Hey, I just I don't know though. You can get a, I just wrote the uh, holiday audio tour on laptops. So I'm Dell, ready to go. <laughs> cheap refurbished Dell for like two hundred bucks with keyboard and monitor. Do the math because I'm not good at math. <laughs> cheap refurbished <laughs> Dell with keyboard and monitor that cannot like do to the same things as the desktop replacement necessarily. No, there's a but lot you know of media what? stuff that's. I in there. would be willing to bet that most people with desktop replacement laptops are actually not moving them from room to room very often. I didn't say they were or not. I'm so just then, saying, what's I the, then they wasted their money. I understand that there could be a need for it. That's all. I don't. <laughs> You're just being that way. <laughs> Who needs it? Just get a cheap computer. Smile when like you say either. that. Get would. a cheap computer and network it. Don't get a desktop computer. Get a bunch computer. of cheap computers no. and if network gonna, them. If you get a don't little small get, one. Get you, a little yeah, shuttle well, form factor one. Yeah, there. It, no, don't get a desktop computer. Get a laptop. Guys. Guys. Yeah. Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have phone calls to get to anyways. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got Trip on trip. the phone. Help uh, us, Trip. Again. Thanks for calling, Trip. Hey, Tom and Molly. It's Trip. Uh, listening to you talk about uh, Google Print there, and, and the argument just seems a little uh, seems a little weak. I mean, are they going to start going after reviewers that uh, they go after and, and, you know, use their books to, to sell a product and make money and, and do all that? I mean, I, I kind of see it as the same thing. They're not giving the book away, but they're using the book or whatever copy-written uh, material it is just to further along their own purposes. 
And a lot of times the reviewers give bad reviews, so it's not like everybody's uh, giving good press on this. And I think Google will probably stay pretty uh, neutral as far as indexing. At least they were with my website. God bless. Go Google. Mm, I never thought about the book review. Mm, that's interesting. It's an interesting take. I think mostly, yes, Trip. this is a bad precedent and it's a pretty weak lawsuit. Hopefully. I, yeah. The The big scare is that people are going to be able to get the full text of the book out of Google somehow. And yeah, so that's just, and that. the indexing thing is interesting. We got a similar, an email on the same subject from Brian who said that websites that one possible thing about the indexing argument, this we've made this slippery slope argument that if the courts were to find that indexing these books is illegal, then it's possible that indexing websites also is a copyright violation. Brian points out that websites don't cost money to view, but books do Hence that kind of commercial use argument. However, as I've pointed out, and as I learned, we learned from Lawrence Lessig, it kind of doesn't matter in copyright law. Once you create content and distribute it, it is considered copyrighted in ter- in legal for legal purposes. So if Google was then indexing it and itself making a profit from that, then I think my suspicion is it would be the same. Well, and it does cost money to view a website if it has advertising. It just doesn't, you don't have to pay Right. You're viewing the ads. And so that's, you know, there's money not being made when a robot visits a website because there's no human seeing the ads. I mean, you can stretch the argument pretty thin. Yes. There is a difference, though. There is. And Michael, from right here in the very building, uh, pointed out that you can actually stop Google from indexing your site. You can adjust your uh, HTXS files and and robots. And these publishers can stop Google from indexing their books. Well, can they? Yes. How? That's what Google says all the time. You can the same oh, just the Google, same method that you use to stop Google from indexing your website can be used to stop them from indexing your book. But they have a physical copy of the book. How does that work? Well, they've just said all along that Google has said all along that if you're a publisher and you don't want your book to be we part of Google Print, we won't do it. Oh well, yeah. What are they arguing about? Mm, it's ridiculous. Because they want to. They want them to index it. They want them to pay for their privilege. Yeah, it, the yeah thing is. Exactly. They want their cake. They, and don't, they don't want to also eat it. Huh. Novel idea. Yeah. All right, Novel. Uh, Get it? Let's move on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, let's definitely move on to Mike from Chicago. Hey, Tom. Hey, Molly. This is Mike calling from Chicago. A uh, couple quick observations. Uh, using this Rhapsody uh, from Real, uh, of all the services, I find it the easiest to use. And I had downloaded uh, for the, uh, with the DRM on my Zen Micro the, uh, the Paul McCartney album and had enjoyed it for a while and noticed it stopped working one day. And went back to the site, and all of a sudden, after two weeks on the market, uh, he switched it over to a, a buy only at, at 79 cents per track. So, uh, kind of disturbing. What I've, what I've learned from that is that if there's something I like that I, I really want, I will turn on replay radio and set it to a thousand millisecond uh, split between songs and simply uh, you know, play, the, uh, play the album on my, on my PC and capture it through my sound card. It sounds a little degraded, but uh, if they're going to do that to me by turning this, uh, the DRM off so they can sell the album, then uh, I can uh, record it and have it anyway. Thank you. Um, you know what? Currently, recording streaming radio is not illegal, so I say, good on you, Mike. <laughs> if that's your solution. Interesting. That's a little message out to well, the... I, uh, yes. This, this, to me, is a perfect example of the economies of piracy, which is that people don't steal stuff when they have a good model at a reasonable price to buy the same stuff and it is not intrusive and it's not too difficult and, you know. And we should point out that we don't know if there is a, some user error involved on Mike's end, but even if there was, mm-hmm. 
it's still obviously not working well for them. Right. And Rhapsody, I'm sure, in their user agreement says they have the right to whatever they want with the Mm -hmm. stuff. So. All right, uh, one one last call from from Jeff in Houston, um, because the Astros are down two zero to the White Sox at this recording, so we can play Jeff's call. Harsh. Hey, Tom, Allie, Jeff in Houston. I'm a little saddened to say that uh, my Astros didn't do so well, and Tom, I I understand, my friend. Not want to play the comments because your Cardinals lost. I'm I'm sorry about that, but uh, someone had to win, and it was us. <laughs> Hey, what I'm calling about is uh, the show from October 24th. Uh, you made reference to the iPod and the accessories. And all I have to say about that is I own an iPod at 40 gig, and I bought the microphone that went on top. I think I spent 39 bucks for it. But that's the only accessory I own. And so I'm just really curious how many accessories do people really own? Um, Ideally, with the new iPod, they've increased the recording capacity, so definitely I would want to buy a new mic for it if I decided to go that route. Um, and Molly, I understand the you know the issue with the uh, headphones, wireless headphones. That's pretty cool, but I think it's 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 interesting because the the industry that relies upon the iPod, you know, these guys are like sweet, all that old stuff is no longer useful. So that means we get to come out with a whole new line of stuff and sell to a whole new line of people. So, I mean, maybe the negative isn't looking so bad. Maybe it's going to save the economy. Well, not like we have a bad economy, but that's a whole other story. So, anyways, Tom, uh, again, Astros, maybe not going to win the World Series. So, uh, take care, my friends. See you. Uh, Okay, okay, wait. Uh, Jeff? In your call, and in your previous call, you referred to me as Allie. In the beginning of this call, you referred to me as Allie. But then later, you did call me Molly, which is my name. Well, F, all I have to say is, (laughs) is that what the industry sounds like? No, this is is, is actually a really good point, which is, you know, people who uses the, and there's not that many accessories. In fact, Eileen, my wife who has the iPod, has bought some accessories and then they just kind of yeah. fall by the wayside. And actually one thing that I considered later is that if you bundled your iPod with the few accessories that you bought and put the whole thing on eBay, then you might even get more money for it. True. Um, Jeff's point and Kevin makes a similar similar point in email. People don't buy this because they need it. They buy it because they want it. And yes, people don't buy an iPods because of the accessories or in spite of the accessories. They're buying iPods. Yeah. So I, that I admit it. That was me just looking for... You can buy an iPod from a vending needles. machine now, for goodness sakes, in an airport. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, this is just a luxury item. Yeah. All right. Um, that's it. That's it. We're all we're all worn out. <sighs> and we got to fight gonna, brewing for later. And I'm going to go buy Molly a four laptops. <laughs> Super. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to weigh in on any of these arguments, give us a or call. Or buy me a laptop. <laughs> <laughs> give us a call, buzz at cnet.com, or email us 1-800-616-CNET. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye.